Hi, everyone. Welcome to another edition of the of the Tilt Shift. Uh, this is a conversational podcast where we look at movies, televisions, and other media that we're interested in. Um, we are on the penultimate episode of The Last of Us for our instant reaction tonight. Um, joining me is Charlie. Unfortunately, Andrew can't make it, uh, but still we're here to sort of like recap our highlights and overall decisions and um, and go from there. I'll start with my quick take. Overall, it's, I, f I felt weird for saying this, but I really like this episode. And I, I like this episode because it um it once again added to these characters. Um but Charlie, I know you wanted to to have a quick take on this. Yeah. And then I could go into why. So. Yeah. First of all, I wanna acknowledge that uh this is uh uh an actual instant reaction or <laughs> closer to it because we're recording on the Tuesday after the Sunday uh uh, showtime. Uh, this is not just reasonably timed, not just reasonably timed reaction, a more instant reaction or yeah. more timed. Reaction. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, thanks for giving me the the space to, to start with my reaction. Cause I know that when we, we bumped into each other in the hall the other day, one of the things you told me right away was this is one of your favorite episodes. Um, and I thought the otherwise, uh, it was actually one of my least favorite episodes of the series so far. Um, but don't worry, that doesn't mean I dislike the completely. I think overall this show is amazing and this is just, uh, ranked lower for me. And it's for, for a few reasons. I mean, one, I have to first say again, bringing the video game lens into it. This is one of my favorite parts of the game. Probably one of the most memorable parts of the game for me. This, I, uh, this segment of the, of the show of the, of the game, which is uh, I think it's titled Winter. So if, for those of you who've played the game, you'll know that uh, what I'm talking about uh, in terms of the way the game is structured. And for those of you who, who have not played the game, the game is structured in seasons. I think it be begins with like um, uh, summer, fall, winter, and then spring. They're like four chapters. And this is the winter chapter. Um, and it actually... Um, starts in, almost immediately after uh, the scene in which Joel is impaled. So in um, the end of the fall chapter in the video game, Joel falls off a balcony at the university after fighting with some, with some bandits or raiders, and he falls into a bar and lands in it, and he's impaled, and as a as a player of the game, you're just like shocked and you think he's gonna die. And you're like, how is he gonna get out of this one? And I believe uh Ellie helps him out and and eventually the scene just cuts and then it goes straight to winter and you're just like in suspense waiting for like what happened. And then it's the first time I think you get to play as Ellie. It begins with you hunting. Um and um Ellie uses a bow and arrow, not a, not a rifle like she does in, in the TV show, but she uses a bow and arrow to hunt for her and Joel. Joel is um, is uh, hidden away in a house like we see in the, in the show, and then you're playing Ellie hunting. I have to say that the the adaptation to the show was is, is very very um, uh, uh, accurate, and it's it's very similar to the show. Um, uh, so. I, I was recognizing several of the parts, but 
for some reason it didn't land in that hour episode and i think i think it's because the episode is very underdeveloped i think it felt like it could have been two episodes um and you know i i think about how the Kansas City storyline was given two episodes. And it made me feel like, what? That was given two episodes? Why couldn't this have been given two episodes? I think this is a more climactic, important part of the show. Um, and, and, you know, while it was really exciting and there was a lot of action and violence and it was the most brutal in that way, um, I felt like it, it was underdeveloped and unrealistic in in its term in regards to its characterization of the villains of the episode. I would have liked to see that storyline more developed because I think that David and his crew um, were kind of unbelievable and more like caricatures than they were uh, humanized. And the show's done such a good job of humanizing people. Uh, and I felt like these felt like the most like caricatures or video game characters in a way um like they didn't exist outside of the scenes that they were actually in uh and last point i think it just went from zero to 60 too quickly and i would have liked the story to have a slower the arc to have a slower build to build that tension and that mystery and suspense about who david and this crew is and as opposed to it being revealed so quickly um anyway that was a lot, but that was my overall negative or critical take of the of, of the episode. Yeah, weirdly, I almost don't disagree with what you're seeing in the detail. Um, so I'm agreeing with that mostly. Yeah, I, I'm I'm disagreeing with you know how how I felt about it in the end. There is no doubt that this show is cashing in. On the work that it did in it in the first seven episodes of mm. building stuff, right? Building a level of credibility that they are going to take advantage of. Um, it was ex so. I'll just say like it. It is an accelerated time. So let me restart here. Let's take the penicillin. Joel getting healed. There is no doubt that that's unrealistic and that's accelerated. But within within the context, I didn't want to wait around for like waiting Joel to heal or the successful um, deer hunt to be followed by the unsuccessful deer hunt, which then would lead to David. And this accelerated timeline got us to show or shows us um, Joel in full survival anti-hero gruesome mode which has been alluded to a lot of times in the television show but has never been shown and you you saw him at his worst right where it's like at, i mean slash best killing the guy in the neck no sound torturing the other guy and then killing him and then beating the other guy like basically taking out the four people i think four or five people that are roaming around this abandoned suburb looking to kill him the episode for me hinges on, uh, or one of the hinges, is David. And he's an evil guy 
but he's complex and it takes a while. It took me a long time to see the full evil. And quite frankly, it wasn't until the child bride scene with Ellie in the cage that then I'm like, okay, you're, you're totally evil. And, and because this show does a lot for the context, I'll do, the cannibalism, like in that circumstance, like who knows what would, what would we have done? Right? Like, and then also following the cult leader. Yes, not good. But maybe in a, it, you know, infected apocalypse with not a lot of food. I can't blame these people for wanting to survive and for going with someone who has a plan. And the degree that that character was written to slowly unfold his evilness and then to rewatch and to see how he's treating that young girl, to see how they look at the food after the guy goes, it's venison, right? Like, I actually think, like, you know, what What actually was that? And it's not until, you know, Joel gets into that sort of storehouse that's cold or whatever. So it's it's that. And then Ellie really going full gruesome. And, and I'll just say, as, as sort of an exhibition of her character, she's had these screams throughout the show. There's been elements of her emotional reaction through her, screaming but they haven't but and they've all built up to this and and that you know lodge what is it that sort of like um cafeteria that they're in being burnt down and when they choose to not cut away with her hacking him and screaming i was like i i couldn't believe what i was watching juxtaposed to coming out and then being hugged in the most heartwarming way by Joel, like it, it was, um, it was emotional. And I was like, this is amazing. Amazing what you're doing. Yeah. Great, great points. Um, uh, you mentioned the aspect of, of David as the occult or religious leader and his flock. That's actually something I, I, I wanted, um, to, to speak about, um, in the video game, uh, there is no backstory like that. Uh, David is not a cult leader, or it is, at least it's not revealed that he's a cult leader. I don't remember that being the case, and and we don't meet or see his flock at all. Uh, we don't. There's no scenes of Hannah and all these sad people praying and and sad about someone who's died. I don't remember any of that. At least we do see several grizzled men who are basically um, NPCs who who are just uh, there to try to. Uh, kill Ellie and Joel, right? And basically, we just kind of learn that they're bad, evil men who follow David and they're part of his cannibal group. Um, so I think in the show, they try to humanize this group by creating a cult or religious backstory. But I think it was half-baked. And that's the thing. Like, I, I wish there was more. I really felt like this this episode had... Uh, sorry, hold on. I, I really wish this episode had um i guess it spent more time with it i felt that it was so so much potential like you could do a whole series or sorry a whole season with these characters and this you know what i mean that like so there's a lot of potential there so i get to give it kudos there but i felt like it just like all wrapped up in one episode too quickly like one of the things the game did for example to make to humanize david 
without that backstory, or at least not, maybe not to humanize, but to create some sympathy and connection with David was, do you remember the scene in the show where they, they make a campfire and they're talking uh, while they're waiting for the medicine? So yes. in the game, in the game, what happens while you're waiting, uh, monsters arrive. And then Ellie and David have to work together to kill the monsters that are coming up, encroaching upon them. And you have to kill all of them and then kind of like uh, get free from, from that area. So that stage, that level of working with David before you even know who he really is, is almost like this. It gives, it, it, it accomplishes two things. One, it connects you with David more. So you feel like, oh, this guy could be an ally. He, like we saved each other. We helped each other. We worked okay together. Second, and probably most importantly, it provides motivation for why David actually has interest in Ellie as a potential uh, ally or part of his being part of his group because she, he's he's able to witness how she's able to carry herself and fight and she's uh, she's smart and strong through through that the uh, interactions with with the monsters with it now. Because there's none of that, it just seems so unrealistic and quick that all of a sudden David's like, "Oh, you can be part of our group, right?" I, I felt like he's he switched his uh, his his. Oh, well, I don't know if he switched, but like he just his attitudes about Ellie just came out of nowhere. It was like, "Oh, hmm, you're the girl that's with that guy we're looking for." Okay, uh, you could be. You seem like you could be with us. Oh, now I want you as a child bride. Oh, actually, you're you're fighting back. So no, I'm going to kill you. Like everything was just so quick that it just felt like ah, oh, this could have been drawn out more. Um, and one of the ways the video game did it made me buy in was just even having those uh, more scenes with David and Ellie um, working together uh, as uh, uh, fighting the monsters. Um, you you also mentioned how Ellie. Uh, isn't it, you know, like the, the way her screams and the thing I just want to say about that is, yeah, she's an amazing character. Her, her character development has been amazing. And she's played by an amazing actor in Bella Ramsey. Like the more and more I watch it, it's like, I hope she wins um, some awards for this. Um, you know, how she switches from childlike and charming to powerful to brutal, right? Like she, she is um, definitely showing range and it's realistic and it's traumatic and it's uh yeah um yeah anyway yeah you know one of the things is i i'm weirdly interested in their sort of like rhetorical techniques on how they maintain the advantage so when um she shoots the deer finds the deer but then sees these two other guys over it just that exchange of like put the rifles on the ground move back 10 steps you know that this sort of thing you get to Joel using the trick again of like, where are we on the map? Where is Silver Lake? Um, and then your friend better tell me, like just using the the kind of um, affirmation method, I'll sort of call it. Yeah. And yeah, I think there's a, there's a couple major, or there's three, two or three major scenes. One is in while that other guy's getting the penicillin and they're talking. Um really just she's relentless she's relentless in the you know and and you know early i had no idea where this was going right and and they you know i'm just like i hope not everyone is bad right and i just didn't see it completely um but 
you know, I was like, why aren't you giving this guy shit? Like, you're so untrustworthy of this guy. Yeah. And then the turn was just so under. So in some ways, I mean, you're right. I don't disagree. This David has a backstory. Um, not necessarily the followers in the cafeteria, but those men that follow him. He obviously has men that went into university. Uh, like he has pure control over these people. Yeah. And that, and that comes from somewhere. But the acceleration led to more surprise, right? Mm -hmm. So, and, and that's in some ways, I just like judge that more where the turn in there where he goes, well, I know that you're with another adult and killed this. And all of a sudden I was like, wait, is that a callback to the university? Like it actually took me a second time to realize that callback. The second one, major conversation between the two, I think, is in the cage, right? In the sort of yeah. like cafeteria kind of like fenced area. And she is just absolutely relentless on him. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like it's just I, I like swearing and the kicking and everything. Right. Yeah. Like, I love the part where where she says, It's Ellie. And he's like, What? Tell them the little girl who broke your effing fingers name is Ellie. <laughs> And, and yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. So that's directly from the game. Like so much of the dialogue is directly from the game. Um, uh, in the game, the David character kind of reminded me of uh, John Hawks. Do you know that actor, John Hawks? Yeah, I think so. If you Google him right now, you'll see his face, and you'll be like, "Oh my gosh, they should have used him as that as David." Like he he's perfectly casted. He would be. He would have been perfectly casted. Uh, as this David character, um, funny enough, John Hawks does has played uh, a cult leader in another movie, um, uh, an Elizabeth Olsen movie. Uh, uh, I've seen that one. Seen yeah, that one. yeah, um, yeah, and and also like, so I mean, and I I let this go after sort of the Jackson episode, but you know the false tension. So I in some ways it's existing in every episode, but for whatever reason, it's not bothering me anymore. Mm. I'm more impressed by the latter bit, which is, you know, and just to, to add on to that scene a little bit is just how she gets out. Yeah. Like it's, it's a level of cleverness and methodical this, which is, um, yes, the broken finger to try to go for the keys. Yeah. Uh, the one thing that was interesting is, um, you know, and, and I just say, She's about, and she's about to die. Like she's about to get sort of cleaved to death and she knows it. And you can just see her, her panic increases, yeah. right? It's just like, it's wow. Like, and you're sitting there in an audience member just going like, oh my God, like fully disbelieving that or fully believing that she's going to die. Yeah. Well, and rationally like, you know, she's, and then going, oh, by the way, I'm infected. I'm infected causing the pause. Yeah. Yeah. So good. It that would have been interesting moment. And then also just a new level on her like infected blood, you know, that where she has immunity. So I guess, so from your understanding, so would David have turned? It would, is David now infected? I, I, I don't know, you know, uh, uh, but the, the fact that uh, he allows the place to burn and just is so focused on killing her or getting her suggests at a subconscious level that maybe he is thinking like all is over it doesn't matter anymore maybe he does think he's going to turn I, I i don't know i um but i do um i do um 
really like that moment that she says, I'm infected, I'm infected. And, and exactly what you said about the hurt and the panic that she, she has. She's showing true fear, yet even in those moments, she's smart and strong and able to, you know, manipulate her way out of it. Um, and, you know, like how she says, I'm infected and now so are you. Like she has the, you know, the, the courage to even add that insult you know um uh yeah yeah well then grab the cleaver yeah. right like from the thing and then cleave the other guy and which you know ran out of the room and i'll just i mean the last episode last podcast episode i went through sort of like kind of my favorite uh kind of tv cliches and and that was a little drawn out and i'll just go like one i love the running away into a hallway while someone's shooting at you you know that kind of thing like yeah I mean, if we were to nitpick here, I'm like, why didn't he just use the gun and shoot her while she was in the cage, right? Why did she need a friend to, you know? And um, and then also the fight within the building that is slowly burning up, right? Yeah. And it's just like, it's just beautifully set up uh, in this. And just it's, it's just like a terrific visual. I know it's set up, but I fall for it every time. Yeah. Um, interesting Easter egg, the... the... Buddy Boy, who she calls Buddy Boy James, uh, that character, the, the the sidekick of um, David, is played by the voice actor for Joel in the oh. video game. So that's that's Joel. Okay. Um, which is really interesting that they 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 went that way. That was pretty pretty interesting. Um, and uh, yeah, like the the how she's able to just so quickly do something so brutal to, you know, survive, you know, I guess it speaks to this last of us world and what Ellie is becoming. And uh, I think that David says that he says, you have a violence in you. Right. And, um, and, um, yeah, the, the, the whole philosophy he gives behind like the cordyceps, uh, that was interesting. I don't think that was in the game. Uh, but then he it's kind of tied into almost like a religious belief or maybe a false religious belief that he uses uh, to to kind of control and manipulate the people around him. Um, yeah. Yeah, again, um, just to, I, I really liked, although I see the value in a more um, drawn out backstory, but I like that. Like, I'm forever questioning or it's lingering with me more like, where did this guy come from? So he alluded to that he was a teacher and then now he's a preacher. Yeah. But was he lying about being a teacher? Because later on, so you have this unreliable narration backstory, right? Then he alludes to that he was quite violent. Yeah. And that it's after the apocalypse that he sort of mellowed out and sought um, inspiration from the cordyceps yeah. to then adopt uh well, he's reading Revelation, so sort of some sort of Christian, like yeah. adopt the Bible uh, and the belief system there to to then use to his own yeah. advantage. So it's it's for, I'm forever going backwards. So I'm like, well, was he a teacher or was yeah. he whatever? Was that just a line or what? And I love that I don't I don't really know. And and maybe that's the that's it for me, right? Like the fact that there's so many questions and so many. Uh, inferences that are possible that we can make and interpretations is what makes me disappointed because it's like, oh, there was so much potential for more. But I do appreciate your point that like not knowing and having 
allowing us to fill it in and think about it is something uh there's something to be said about that in 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 tv shows and movies right like uh, it, it's great when, when when a filmmaker or writer doesn't just feed you everything. Um, the um, uh, one of our listeners actually uh, uh, give a shout out to to Tammy. Uh, she she um, um, mentioned how this episode um, seemed to kind. Of, I think it was her who said this, or was it Gloria? I can't remember, but um, it was Is that a second how, listener. Try, you just you mentioned uh, two listeners. You know what? I, I I could I could be completely wrong. Maybe it was just Andrew who said this. <laughs> <laughs> but but anyway, the point was they said um, that this episode contrasted very well with episode three because episode three showed the love, the peace, the the joy, and people how people can be good and thrive uh, in goodness during the apocalypse uh whereas these people the these uh clear clear villains uh in the show david and david uh, uh specifically exemplify how evil people can be right um so so uh i guess uh that that that's an interesting way to look at the episode too in the context of the show at large um yeah um what other things stood out for you? What other things do you want to unpack about this episode? I was, um, I did have a couple of, by the way, I think that was me who said that. I talked about episode. Oh, it was <laughs> That's so funny. I thought it was. It was the flip boy. side of episode three. That's where... So we really don't have any listeners. Sorry. Yeah, that's, that's right. No, no, I'm sure. Amy thinks this is great. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. No, no, no. That was all. There's, it's a real listener, everybody. Um, big animal theme in this one. I was just thinking about it. You have, uh, unfortunately, would this episode have the, I don't think it's the highest amount, but a fair, a not low dead animal count. So you've got the, the deer or buck being hunted. Then you got the horse Then you get the horse, um, getting shot. Those are the two big ones, but. I have to compliment, I mean, and this just goes, this is consistent with every other compliment. I, I really like the, the, sh- the editing and the shooting, like the sequence of shooting the deer. Right. And I just like, I love that sort of like recoil. It, it, it cuts to Ellie slowing her breath. And then they also do a close up of this deer knowing something's off. Right. And I'm not a hunter, uh, but I wonder if that, it, it, like, it just seemed really real. And the horse thing was heartbreaking, right? Like the, the horse I was hoping would become sort of like a third member here where what led them to the university, got them out of the university, you know, she feeds the horse. There's that moment where she just feeds them a bit of snow, a bit of water, uh, you know, and I, again, I'm always hopeful that the plan will work and, and she will draw them away. Um, but again, actually, I give a lot of credit that it's like, oh, no, there's at least one guy that's gone through these suburbs before, has an idea where this is going, is going to get a drop on them and actually has a perfect shot. Him missing that shot, would he's going to make that. And that, fa- you know, that falling down scene 
docket. It's just it's a great way to get her back to to Silver Lake, and um, yeah, and, and any more things like that for you? I just thought the the animal sequences um, were quite good. I have one um, bit. It, it it's a little bit of for me. It 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 speak. It's another example of the underdevelopment of the episode, but I think it verges more on plot hole in but maybe you have a, a response to it but when the cafeteria is burning where is everybody else like the, the their mess hall their community space is burning to the ground and no one comes out i mean steph was like oh well it's freezing cold so i imagine they're all inside and <laughs> they don't want to come out nor see it but it's like it's just it it what for me it what it felt like is that those characters didn't exist outside of the scenes that they were written for and that's to me an example of poor or lazy writing um but in the video game that happens too there's no other characters who come out it ends very similar to what you just saw in the show that's how the video game is too um it's funny when i when i watched the episode though uh, I I remember, I thought I remembered that Joel comes and saves Ellie. And that I was like, oh, wow, they made it so that Ellie does it herself. They gave her agency and empowered her through her being able to kill David herself. And then I I looked up the scene in the video game and it's like, no, 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 she does it in the video game. And I said, to myself, oh my gosh, that's right. And I, I, how did I forget that? It's just interesting how, you know, I, my memory was wrong and it made me think that Joel saves her. And that's partly because the way the game works and the way the show works, they did, uh, they followed a similar technique of the editing going back and forth. Like you, you see what Ellie's doing and then it cuts to Joel and how he's getting up and how he has to fight all those guys as he's, um, uh, recovering from uh, and the penicillins helping and he's he's able to fight these guys and torture them to find Ellie. The same thing happens in the game. It switches. Uh, you play Joel as Joel, then you play as Ellie, play as Joel, um, which is really a really awesome aspect of the game. It's very cinematic and the, that's why it was able to be adapted so well in this episode where the, the cutting back and forth really worked really well. Um, but yeah, I know I just made like two or three points there, but I don't know if you want to speak to the first one about the plot hole. Um, so I, I see that as well, but I liked it, right? I, I, this show has consistently told us or shown us what you see is what you get. When we flee a zombie zone, we have actually, we're away from the zombies, right? And when you're in a, and when you're in sort of, um, a lounge area, lounge cafeteria that's burning to the ground and it's just David and Ellie, then it's just David and Ellie. I'm looking for excuses here and or reasons. And so one is I, I do think, so let's go with the weather. Um, number two is if I was a, a guy or someone in the city or in the suburbs, what am I literally going to do? Like, am I really going to come running back in there to save my leader? And at the same time, I think there's hints that David, you know, it's like, maybe it's like, ah, you know, one less mouth defeat. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and David's follower there 
you know, that when those guys come across Ellie first after the shooting of the horse, it was very much, um, you know, just take care of her one more amount. Let's, let's get rid of her. Right. Like it's already time. And so putting all those things together, I wonder if David has like, um, outstate his welcome as leader it's hinted yeah. at early on more yeah. so now that i think about it that it's like hey you're with me right one of those opening conversations mm-hmm. just before mm-hmm. just before they go hunting so for me there's there's enough epi- there's enough in the episode to let that go and then and then i just appreciate the choice i was like yes thank you I, i'm glad ellie now doesn't have to end with someone coming around the back or whatever yeah it's just it's just her and him one other point that I wanted to make, another sort of clear decision that they've made that I really appreciate is when Ellie, before Ellie gets on the horse, she sort of moves the shelving and then gives the knife to Joel and says, if anyone goes down here, I think there's a portion of this show or a different show that would have done that, which is Joel would have stayed quiet and they would have bypassed the house. But they kind of lead up to that, and the and the sort of intruder knows the shelf is off, and is able to find the path down. And I love how they made that choice of like, well, what if we went the other way? Like, what if she didn't get away on the horse? What if the guy did find Joel in the basement? You know, what then? Right? Again, me not knowing the the video game story, and I love those decisions, right? And so, yes, it led to, you know, Joel's accelerated health recovery it was very video game like right yeah which is very video game like but then it showcased another side of joel which is hinted at the kansas or which is more than yeah. hinted at the kansas yeah. city thing and then it leads up to like essentially these full torture scenes right yeah. and really questioning like i mean yes we're on team joel and ellie but that was hard it was hard to stay on that team during that time yeah you're like, looking for every excuse you can think yeah and i think uh kind of putting Joel and Ellie up against this uh, socially unacceptable sort of villain, a cannibal, right? A cult leader cannibal is is a way to kind of make us ask that question of like, okay, we know that this guy's bad, but Joel and Ellie, how are they any different? I mean, obviously they're different. They're not cannibals, right? Even Ellie says, well, we're, he fought back in self-defense. Right. Remember what when uh, um, David kind of asserts that that same sort of question of hypocrisy, and uh, but that question does con- maybe linger with the audience uh, when we see Joel torture those people and we see Ellie so brutally uh, kill her her attacker. Sure, it's self defense, yes, but the fact that they're able to do those things maybe does make us uneasy or should make us uneasy about following them and 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 um completely siding with them i don't know is that maybe that's what the show is trying to do i think it might because i think that's a huge theme in the game is the questioning of like again we've spoke about this in previous episode uh the questioning like good guy bad guy and that binary and how maybe that binary only exists because of limited subjectivity and perspective when you're playing a certain character in a video game you're obviously going to side with them but the show kind of challenges that and says no look the characters that you're siding with have killed so many people along the way that there are other people with their own stories and families and 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 relationships that you've destroyed and 
they see you as the bad guy. And I, I, I like how the, the, the show plays with, the, with, with that, with that uh, theme. Um, another tidbit of information, um, the, the episode, I believe, like several of the other ones, is filmed in Alberta. And um, yeah, so those, that, that, that's uh, um, all Canadian mountains. <laughs> um, anyway, yeah. Yeah, like they're not all bad and evil. The the people at Silver Lake and and I can see, you know, especially those people that were with um David and and his friend there, you know, the the person that he stabbed in the stomach, I mean, is he an evil guy? And and definitely the person that was tied to that he took a bat to, like that was needless. Like there was a yeah, he was no threat to him as as well, and that depth, the, the complexity, I you know from a viewership, really enjoyed because it just added to him. But then, uh, I, sort of, I enjoyed being unsettled more, right? Yeah. As as we look at sort of Joel, uh, two two quick notes if if I can remember the second one the first one is I love the absolute trust between them like you know Ellie comes down puts a knife in her hand and goes if someone comes down here you kill him like and he just does it you know what I mean it's like it's no questions hey is this the person I'm supposed to kill he like he doesn't know he doesn't know who these people are he's just going to town on them right and um it's sort of so again another weird emerging part of their relationship and then also the complexity added to those people that were in the university, right? Like it, again, it just, that is also something that I'm lingering on that. It's like, Oh, they were just looking for food too. Right. Like they yeah. weren't, they were, they were, um, you know, uh, showcased as raiders yeah. and all but this. They, they do just attack Joel, don't they? Like unprovoked. Yeah. And I guess, you know, what is it? Are they, are they trying to eat him? Right. You know, that sort of thing. But, you know, it, again, everyone's the hero of their own story. Right. And yeah. and um, I love how like what if Joel had just run or whatever. But I don't think Joel would have been able. Joel had to defend himself. Right. Like that guy just came after him. But according to everyone at Silver Lake, especially that little girl, it's like, hey, we're going to kill this guy. Right. Like, yeah. you know, they they really want revenge. So everyone has their own co perspective, which I which I really like. Yeah. Um, I, I, another theory I had, though, was do we know for sure that the guy that in the university is from David's group? Do we know that for sure? Okay. Yep. If that is for sure, fine. But one of the theories I had was David said that he sent a few guys out on a mission and only, and one didn't come back, right? Very similar to what he says in the video game. In the show, he tells this obviously to his flock, you, you could imagine, and they're sad and hurt and they feel bad that, okay, someone has killed uh, one of their own. However, could that not have been a way that David is uh, conspires to kill certain people in his flock when they're desperate and, and need food? He sends them out on a mission. One doesn't come back alive, and then they eat him. Like they even ask, she even asks Hannah, I guess the daughter of the guy, says, "Can we bury him? When are we going to bury him?" 
and he says it's too cold to dig right now and right away i'm thinking they're not going to bury him because they're going to eat him like they're going to use his his body as meat um and that's probably who they're eating in that community meal in that scene you notice how he had way more food than everyone else i did i actually did notice that as well yeah he actually had way more on his plate um I did actually consider that, and I love that there's a level of grayness to it. Yeah. Watching it a second time, I do think it, it is it, it isn't a made up death. It, it is Joel who killed that guy because right. it's they they um David says to Ellie in their early campfire, I sent someone to the university and one person didn't come back. Right, yeah. and he's able to identify that it was a, a man and a young girl. Right, so it matches the description yeah. for yeah. the survivors. But saying that, if you don't mind, and and um, for all, for all the listeners out there, we might get to reference, reference corner at the final part of the podcast. I wish they did a Blade Runner where they, they made it ambiguous, where he said, "Oh, two people didn't return." Right or three, so I'm not saying the one, but what if he changed the numbers around? He was like, "Well, a bunch of people went. I sent four, and two people didn't return." Because I equally thought of, yeah, he's sending people out on false missions, but these are just covers for like, okay, we've got to kill this guy, kind of thing. So I'm like, I wish, uh, um, you know, in some recut, it's like change the numbers, you know, say two people didn't, and then you're just like, wait a second, that that doesn't link up to what we well, saw in the, in the video game he does say that he says a few people didn't come back in, in in the video game because in the video game you kill more than one person yeah um uh, one thing i like about the show is that the people who die the people who um no sorry the people that joel and ellie come across and and kill aren't just necessarily just npcs they end up being consequential and come back and kind of like haunt yes. Della. The, the the actions of the characters later on, and this is what we see in this in this penultimate episode. I think that's a really cool um, uh, characteristic of the show that 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 the people uh, that 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 a, a person's death who you think was just like some extra, um, just to move the plot forward was actually uh, you know some someone else's loved one, and and it kind of furthers theme. Uh, of, of the show in that way i had one more in my sort of um sure. clever reference corner here uh, sure. another illusion or another connection to children of men but children of men was filled with connection and again this is just stuff that i can pick up but the way that he carried ellie after the horse very much like and i hope i'm saying it right like the la pieta where which was yeah. also in if you um the end of Children of Men, where they're in that sort of refugee camp. Now, in this case, uh, David is carrying uh, is carrying Ellie. But every time I see something like that, and from my readings of Children of Men, I go like, "Oh, this is a La Pieta rep. Oh, that's interesting because David is also affiliated with religious uh, 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 ideology. And La Pieta is a religious uh, painting or religious sculpture, religious uh, artwork of, of um, uh, yes, the Christ being carried by by Mary or being held and mourned by 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 his mom. So that that is an interesting um, parallel or reference. 
uh, especially thinking of Christ as um, a savior and Ellie as a potential savior, right? Um, and and interesting that they wanted to eat her. That's more biblical uh, allusion too, like like eating the body of Christ almost, but in a more literal uh, cannibalistic malicious sense is this subversion in this episode. Well, that's interesting. I never really thought of those connections until now. Thank you for bringing that up. It kind of, it sets up the final episode pretty well. I mean, I know what's going to happen, but I'm not going to say anything. I'd like to maybe um, ask you, what do you think? Uh, what are we supposed to, what are we going to expect uh, in this final episode? What are you expecting? What do you want to see? What do you expect to see? Um, yeah. Or what do you expect to feel? Like you could even just talk about that, but yeah. I, I am enjoying really not knowing. But saying all that, I'll try to answer your question. By the way, I'll just say for me in references, most of them are are very superficial to me. Like it's just about identifying sort of a pose or a this or whatever. And uh, I don't I don't know if that's right. But every time I just remember again from the research I did of Children of Men that I was like, oh, that's a reference too, right? And so whenever I see something like that, I just, I you know, I go into my clever mind and I go, oh, I bet you. So that if if I'm wrong, I'm 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 unsure, but you know maybe like has to be on ground or whatever. I'm actually glad potential value, but in terms of looking forward, part of me is like, please don't end on a cliffhanger. Just like try not to, but if you have to, like just do it really well where you kind of close off things. It's it's what I've liked so far about you know, what you see is what you get. Like when we get out of Kansas City, we get out of Kansas City. You know, when we get into Jackson and are safe, we really are safe in Jackson. Like there really have been these accomplishments along the way that have sort of settled emotion. Usually what happens is there's like a strand and another strand and another strand and another strand. And then you get to the last episode and they solve all the strands. This, they don't have to revisit Kansas City or Jackson or anything. So I just, I mean, I have faith that they will do it well. And in, in some ways, like I look forward as I did this episode to just accepting and being entertained and being wowed by what they give us. So yes and no to that point about like what you see is what you get when something ends, it ends when they're safe, they're safe. Yes. In those examples, you said true, but what about university? They got away, but they didn't get away. Right. True. true. The show also started with Marlene and the fireflies. They're trying to find the fireflies. That's the strand that's going to now uh, uh, be be closed or 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 uh, concluded in some way. Right. So it's so I'm so excited for you to see what happens, and especially with what you're saying about whether it's going to be a cliffhanger or not. And you, you're assuming it will be because there's going to be a season two, and um, but you really want satisfaction even if there is a cliffhanger you want to have a satisfying ending i'm uh, I, i'm i'm looking forward to to uh talking about the episode after sunday um i'm not going to say anything because I, I i don't want to spoil it but um um i just remember that when i played the video game it was one of the um what's the word i remember the ending just impactful being, 
impactful. I, yes, but I remember the ending being so... I want to say some say a word without giving too much away, but so it's going to be a vague word, I guess. But like, I remember my jaw dropping and going, what? And then the credits. <laughs> um, and I won't say anything more, but um, uh, it was, uh, it, and then I just remember it lingering with me and me thinking about him like, wow, this is an incredible game. This is like a movie. That's what I thought at the end. And, uh, um, yeah, I I've since started playing Last of Us Part 2. Again, I won't say anything about that game because that's going to end up giving spoilers to Last of Us Part 1 if I say anything there. Um, but, um, yeah. I yeah, this has been a cool series, and I'm looking forward to the finale. Um, I'm I'm impressed that they were able to do the entire game in, in, in nine episodes. Um, and... Uh, Usually, usually TV shows, the penultimate episode is better than the finale. I think this is going to uh, break that uh, convention, and the final episode is going to be awesome. Because in the game, the final episode is is uh, definitely um, a big one. Um, anyway, yeah, that's all I have to say, finally. Yeah, I think about um, the recent last show that I totally loved, which is Andor. And again, I'll be vague, but just I thought the ending to Andor was was really, really great, right? And it and it, you know, it sort of um, walked that line of closing things off, but then leading to something, and then doing it in a clever way. And I have faith in this show. Um, and I just, you know, I'd, I I love being just like along for the ride and then being sort of wowed and impressed and being emotionally in it when, when they're happy, they're happy. You know, when they're, um, when it's gruesome, it's gruesome. Like, you know, you, you, you sort of tense your body up just, you're like, well, how are you going to get out of this? You know, even, even like, you know, she shows herself with a knife while the building's on fire. He swings at her, but you know, she ducks and is able to like stab him quickly in the, um, in the stomach as she sort of falls down and then grabs the cleaver and then goes to town as she's screaming at it. And I was like, like sort of very subtle choreography, just very much again, like, um, I think, uh, I forget the names of a Bill or Frank, like, you know, defending against the Raiders there. Like, it's just this very quick scene, but still just even that still felt so thought out. Yeah, it's very minimalist, right? It's not yeah. like over the top action. It's not over the top um, set pieces. It's it it, it kind of reminds me of this is a weird reference, but like Denny Villeneuve and like Sicario, you know, yeah. like like the the some of those action scenes are just so quick and and realistic, and and that's what the, this show is kind of like. It's very it tries to be very hyper realistic despite being a you know a monster show. Um, yeah. Yeah, anyway, um, any fun uh, gimmicks for this episode that you want to talk about? Or I didn't. The closest one I already used, and that was the animal thing. Yeah. I just looking at, like, the take of animals, and then um, I wish if I if we had more of a medical background, we'd look at, like, penicillin. Like, where should penicillin actually go? <laughs> you know, yeah. I, but it, but it kind of worked out, and you know, I was thinking like, what? How do we know that that's penicillin? Like, what if he gave her like poison? True. 
right? And and so I was thinking of that. Um, and then I was like, how does she know how to use a needle? Like, what if she doesn't know that like, you know, like when I was a kid, I learned, I don't know how I learned it. It was just like from movies or TV or something like that. But like that if the needle has air in it and you push air into someone's body, they can die, they'll die. And yeah, yeah. So it's like, my understanding she, as well. How does she know that she has to have liquid filled in it and you can't push any air because she's not from uh, the, uh, like, I don't know, she didn't, I, would she have had that education? Maybe, maybe even more so in this world. But like, I just thought like, oh my gosh, what if she accidentally kills him? I was thinking of all those things, but, but. Uh, I, I like how she didn't know too, you know what I mean? She's just yeah. like, where do I put this? Like, like Joel, where do I put this? And, and in a different show, there would have been a hint or like he would have scrawled something on the page. He just, but he's just like out of it. And she's like, yeah. all right, might as well like give this a shot. Right. And just was like, I'll just put it right on the wound. Like what makes sort of like logical sense here. And then you yeah. see it. she, she gives him the shot. And I think later on in the show, um, before the guys come, like, uh, she, she plunges him again and then sort of forward and then notice this, that's, when after that she goes outside and notices all the crows move at once and she's yeah. like, oh, wait a second. That's like, did you notice? Yeah. That was a really cool, like signifier for her. And like, she's smart, right. To show more of her intelligence. Did you notice that like all, all the, uh, the henchmen were like all like grizzled, like big bearded, like mountain men. And then David is like clean cut. Like, yeah. And emaciated. I, I was just sort of thinking of that casting call. Like we need, you know, men, you know, 30 to 55, yeah. you know, with an emaciated look, you know, um, can, can wear a beard well. And, and I just thought like, where do they find all these? Like, <laughs> it would be funny if it's like, okay, you're all on set. There's no catering, right? Like <laughs> going through this, like we need to all be in character, but yeah, I, I actually, I did, I did. Think of that. <laughs> um, Except for anyway. the star who gets flown in, right? Yeah, where am I at? Where do I go? Uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. We really appreciate it. Uh, this has been another edition of The Tilt Shift, looking at a mostly instant reaction, not just well-timed reaction to episode eight of The Last of Us. Uh, this is brought to you by The Tilt Shift Network. Thank you. Thanks. See you.